Yes, you, you lucky sausage. You found the Talk Marketing Show, where the League of Marvelous Marketeers give up everything you need to be more successful in your business. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Henley, this is the Effective Marketing Content Extravaganza, and if you're new here, you won't yet know that I am on a mission to give you everything you need to be successful in your business, providing, of course, what you need to be successful in your business is to know more about and have more motivation, <laughs> more motivation and enthusiasm to apply sales and marketing more effectively in your business. So what goes on here is I'm giving you everything I know about sales and marketing in the What The series. We look at the marketing news every other week. I review the very best and the very worst of marketing content on the internet. And whenever I can, whenever I find someone with experience that will be useful to you if you're looking to be more successful in your business, we have a talk marketing and that's what today is about. We have a guest for you. So. If that sounds interesting and useful, I hope it does because that's the whole point of this, then you should take a second to like, share, subscribe and comment because that will support us emotionally, mentally. It will give us the energy to carry on with this mammoth mission of hopefully giving you stuff that will help you to be more successful in your business. Today is Talk Marketing and so we have a guest. So today's guest has marketing experience going all the way back to 1995 when she was an internet marketing manager. Now, if she was an internet marketing manager in 1995, that might make her one of the first ever internet marketing managers. Since then, she's had a host of roles. She's been a marketing director, new business director, national sales manager, and board member. She has been running her business, Kenke Marketing, for almost 12 years, which is an innovative video marketing agency supporting growth stage business-to-business -business businesses. She is the host of the Connect the Dots podcast, and she was introduced to us by the quite wonderful Gillian Whitney. What you won't know is that she didn't study for her degree until she was married and had two kids. Today's guest is Vicki O'Neill. Good morning, Vicki. Hello, Martin, and thank you so much for having me. That was quite the introduction. It was quite the introduction, and the thing is... Um, let's just pull back the curtain a little bit and let everyone know that you just sat and watched me write that introduction because I don't know what happened to the last half an hour of my life when I was supposed to be writing it, <laughs> but it didn't get done. But it got well, it done in the end and we are speaking no. now. <laughs> What's impressive <laughs> is because you were writing that and it sounded so much better coming from you than what I was actually telling you. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. And we were having a full-blown conversation. I can multitask. Exactly. That was I impressive. Can... <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely multitask. All right, so there's two things about you that strike me as quite interesting. Um, the first thing is this internet marketing manager in t 1995. That's interesting. And then the degree thing, like why did you wait so long to decide to study for your degree? So let's start with the let's start with the degree thing because the internet marketing thing is more on topic. We can that will bring us into our topic beautifully. Okay. 
sounds good. Why did you wait so long to study your degree? (laughs) Um, Well, it's a multi-pronged decision. So um, when I first got out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I had to go to college. So I made the mistake of going to a private college that cost me an arm and a leg and I was paying for college. So I blew my entire life savings on that first year. When you blow your entire life savings, you can no longer continue college. So I had to stop going to school and go to work. So I went to work um, for two different, I worked two jobs and eventually landed into a company that I was working in the sale or the uh, marketing department. And that's where I fell in love with marketing. And it actually took me a few years after that as well to decide that I needed to go back to school. I started to see everybody else getting promotions above me. And this is back when degrees were more important than probably what they are now. Not that they don't hold value now, but back then, if you wanted to be promoted within a company, it was important that you had a degree. So at the time, I decided to go back and I was working full time, married, had two girls and um, decided to go ahead and add something else to my schedule. So I went back to school and online is when they were first introducing like the online programs. So that's why I was able to go back and do online and uh, get my bachelor's degree in marketing and sales. Okay. So that's interesting to me. How, like, so the piece of paper is good for getting promoted. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than that, how useful was the academic study of sales and marketing? Sorry, wait a second. Okay. We'll cut that bit out. <laughs> okay, so the question is, how of what practical use was a sales, a marketing and sales degree? Honestly, at that stage in my life, in that stage of my career and what I already knew, it was literally a piece of paper. And the reason why I say that is, if you compare me at in school, I was a BC student. And you put me into college at that age when I've already got the experience of marketing and some exposure to sales, business, life. And you put me in a college role where I'm actually textbook studying. And I was able to apply real world experiences to college. And I graduated with honors and also with summa cum laude status. That's not me as a student. So that kind of proves that when you have the experience already and then apply college, it makes it super easy. Excellent. Because the thing is, marketing, I didn't, I studied what they called it government because of when I studied, but it was kind of politics. And then I went on to study a little bit of political philosophy because it was more interesting um, than politics. So I kind of feel like that was useful because what I was studying then was motivation. You know, like the history of political philosophy is, a, is the history of kind of motivation. So, and marketing, I can sort of understand, like we've got models and things like that. But sales, sales is like for me 100%, I don't know, intuition. Do you know what I mean? Or it's I don't know, I don't know quite what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm saying. Can you really study that? Um, you really can't because sales is, I mean, sales and marketing for me kind of go hand in hand. Can you have one without the other? Sure. But you're making life a lot more difficult. So sales 
from my recollection, wasn't a big part of the studying. And I think that places the emphasis, emphasis on marketing and how important that really is, that when you can get the marketing piece right and you understand your customers in the process and you understand all the different options and levers that you can pull and try, then that makes driving people down that journey you know, to buy from you a lot easier. So, I mean, that's really what marketing is. It's really helping people understand, you know, give them the education that they need on your product, your service, and really help give them what they need in order to make that decision to buy from you. A hundred percent. So this is what I think goes on in the world that people don't really realize is that there's marketing and then there's sales. So for me, it's chronological. You do your marketing, your marketing gives you the opportunity to sell. And depending on what you're selling, then you might need a salesperson to get involved to actually clinch the deal. Um, and if you do marketing well, then there's no need to sell. Like McDonald's, they don't train their counter staff in negotiation or objection right. handling or any of those things. The marketing's done the work, you know, they're there to buy. So what do I think about that? I just think, I just think it's weird. <laughs> you can study for a degree in marketing. And then businesses are going out of business because they don't understand marketing. I mean, I think it's weird that you can study for a degree in marketing and nobody knows what marketing is, you know, or yeah. nobody, <laughs> nobody in their business knows know what it is, but they may not know either how to do it or how to do it right. Yes. And I think anybody who's on social media, which is pretty much, I mean, everybody, if you're on social media, whether you're there for personal or you're there for pro professional you know, you're, you're marketing yourself. You're using words to actually represent who you are, your character. And if you're in business, you're probably doing it from both perspectives, like showing your personality, your character, but then also talking about your product, your services, and your customers. So we're all marketing ourselves. It's the 100%. personal piece. Yeah. So I think we all know it and we're all doing it. But when you're in a business and you're trying to you have a goal, right? You're not just on social media to be on social media. You're trying to achieve a particular goal. Then you really need to understand what it is that you're doing, where you're doing it, and then helping like connect those dots between each of those points to help people get to buying your service or even knew, knowing who you are. A hundred percent. So here's the thing is that if you can study for a degree in marketing, let's put the sales thing aside. That's ridiculous. You can't make an academic subject out of sales. I'm sorry, that's preposterous. Um, but marketing, if you can do a study a degree in marketing, like is it a three-year degree maybe? It might be a three-year degree. You can study for a three-year degree in marketing. You can mm -hmm. study for an a MBA in marketing, mm -hmm. which would suggest to me that this is a pretty objective thing. You know, you can write questions and complete exams and have the right or wrong answers. So the thing that frazzles my mind is that this is this is clearly an, an objective thing or can be an objective thing, but people do it so subjectively. People, do you know what I mean? They're just like, I'll do that. Or there's this new shiny thing, I'll do that. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. The worst of it for me is people go into business and they don't realize, oh look, there's a cat. Um, <laughs> people don't realize that being in business is a process in, in having customers profitably. That's the whole gig. You know, as long as you've got customers profitably, you'll have a successful business. But people go into business, and I, it might be different in your part of the world, but in my part of the world, people don't, um, people don't want to do marketing. And for me, that's how you get to be successful. Because if you don't do marketing, you don't do sales. 
you don't do sales, you don't have a business. What do you exactly. think? Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. You have to yeah. do marketing in order to have sales, and if you don't have sales, it's a hobby, and you don't have a business. Yes. So here's what I really think, though. Actually, is that they must put so much fluff to make a three-year course out of marketing. They must put so much fluff in that to make it three years long. Because I used to run like a half-day marketing strategy workshop, and this guy with an MBA in marketing came up to me afterwards and said, I've learned more this morning than I did in the entire time I was studying for my MBA. So there you go. We should do that. Maybe MBA in the morning, something like that. That would be a good course to put out. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the... um what I did with the studying from what I can remember was like the, the basics, the things that you really don't use or need. It's more like the practical understanding of what marketing is. So it would be, you know, your four P's, your product, right. your price, your promotion, your place. It's just like nobody talks like that anymore. No. <laughs> you know, we, we understand those things or talking about, you know, your market and understanding how to find your, your clients. And there's so much information available now. Your podcast alone is one of them where you can learn so much about marketing from yep. different people, from different areas of marketing, from different parts of the world that you can probably get more from listening to your podcast episodes than you could in a two-year degree. hundred percent. I agree with that. I agree with that. But here's like, so there's, so let's take the four P's. Like the four P's is the most basic description of what marketing is. Price, product, placement, and something else. Promotion. <laughs> Promotion. Okay, good. Promotion. Right. So that's the most basic yeah. definition of, of, of marketing. But then product is taken completely out of the hands of marketers. They, they employ geeks who sit in like back rooms and code stuff do you know what i mean so the geeks are in in charge of what the product looks like so that's taken away from marketing the price is taken completely away from marketing price um so promotion so what was the fourth one place <laughs> placement okay yeah so then so then actually what marketing looks like in most instances because they're not doing it right is it looks like promotion and placement which is a great place to start but really for me, it should be about understanding the market and then developing a product that suits it and then coming up with a price that delivers the value you need and the value you're cut. Do you know what I mean? So even the most basic definition is 50% misapplied, I think, in most instances. So yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I think that goes to show how outdated the textbooks are that people use in college now to teach marketing. Yes. I almost wonder if it should even be a, I mean, half these subjects now shouldn't be subjects for, for degrees, but I wonder if it should even be that. And my recommendation is people should just go out and find the most driven business they can find who are seriously marketing themselves effectively and get involved with them, even if they have to do it for free. That's my recommendation. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So let's get yeah. more on track, although not entirely on track. We will bring some order to this um, once, you've, <laughs> once you've answered the, the questions that are in my mind. How could you possibly have been an internet marketing manager in 1995? <laughs> I am totally dating myself. So right. I worked at a company that actually started the Yellow Pages industry. So you remember the Yellow Pages? I do remember the Yellow Pages, yes. Yeah, so 
I worked for the company that started the Yellow Pages industry back in 1910. So the company was actually in Dayton, Ohio. And they, when I first started working there, it was in 1994. And in 1995, I was working, that's when they first introduced like internet, where on your computers, not everybody had access. You were like special if you had internet access on your computer. And people would always come over and be like, can I get on? Like they wanted to experience what this whole internet thing was. And, you know, of course we weren't allowed to do that because of the passwords and everything else, but people were just so intrigued by this whole internet thing. And I felt special because I had access and I was one of three people that had access in the marketing department. We had like 40 people in the marketing department. And I was one of those people <laughs> who had access to it. So it was just super basic, obviously, at that time. Anybody who's old enough that can realize, you know, the before internet and after internet, um, what that was like. But yeah, so I was I was the starter of, not the starter, I was the third person that was actually um, in that role. Wow. Okay. And you were basically, were they in the process of moving their listings online? Was that Was that what they were doing? Yeah, the first thing that we were actually doing was research. So we didn't even do listings at that point. We were actually getting on there and there were news sources that were sharing news stories or um, trying to think of what, what some of the early um, resources were. But we'd get on there just to get like updates on what was going on in the world. So it was our responsibility to get on there and do like daily searches, find what information and then pass that along to our executive team. Once we actually started moving in that direction of putting the yellow pages online, then yeah, it was the the online listings. It was called the internet yellow pages. So we we transitioned online for that. Cool. Very basic. Very basic and very early. Like I think 1995. Is this you were waiting yeah. like five ten minutes for a, an image to appear on your screen? It almost appeared line by line. That's kind of where the internet was in 1995. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there weren't even that many images back then either. It was just mostly text. And yes. it took forever to actually access any information. Yeah. But at the time, you know, you didn't know any difference. So it was the whole like cool factor and, you know, interesting factor of we could actually access this information outside of physical books or newspapers yes. or you know other physical resources yeah okay no that sounds really really interesting i mean the second person i spoke to on the podcast yeah. says he was working on the internet before there was an internet he started around 91 92 um so i don't know what there was at that stage but it's kind of freaky to to realize how far we've come in those 27 years you know it's insane at that time, 1995, I was selling advertising and if there was no email. So if we didn't have a copy of their logo, they would fax it to us really big and someone in the production department would color it in and then they'd reduce it down and that was what became their ad. And then when we had all of the, the copy ready for print, we'd have to take it to the train station <laughs> and the guy wouldn't even get off the train. He'd like reach out and grab the bag and carry on going into like central London from where we were. It's astounding to think where we've got to in those 27 years. I mean, it really is astounding if you start looking back. 
Yeah, it's crazy. And then we think of like, when we can't get something to come through instantaneously, then we're just like, what's taking so long? <laughs> yes. Or if someone doesn't People get can't appreciate email. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, we used to phone our family on New Year's Day or they'd phone us on Christmas Day. And it would be like the worst conversation broken up, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Just awful, awful, awful. And now you can have a face-to-face -face video call with anyone who's walking around in the street or on a bus or on a train or on a, wherever they might be, you know. It is yeah. insane to think like that. I'll tell you how insane it is. It's so insane that now anybody who wants to can produce almost professional quality video. That's how insane it is. Like with our yeah. phones, like if you've got your phone and a microphone and a tripod, you are yeah. producing effectively what would have been passed as professional quality video like six or seven years ago. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And, that and that's how I, that's what I train people on or just I always focus on getting started with video. Everybody has what they need. It's yes. Their phone because the, like you said, the camera quality to create videos is so high on yes. phones today that you can create really good videos with just your phone. You don't need to hire a camera crew. You know, you can do it with your phone. A hundred percent you can. Now, yeah. I think that might be the best segue I have ever mustered into what you actually do. <laughs> I am applauding you. That was an amazing transition. <laughs> Wasn't it? We went all the way from 1995 to video marketing in a second. Um, so as you know, there is some order to this. There are only five questions. Um, so question number one is how are you qualified to talk to us about your specialist subject, which is video marketing? Question number two, um, who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? Question number three, what is your recommendation for anyone who wants to either get started with video marketing or get better at video marketing? Question number four, what should people read? Question number five, who can you throw under the bus who might endure or maybe even enjoy to have a conversation like this with me? Okay, so question number one, how are you qualified to talk to us about video marketing? So um, multiple ways. Um, education, of course, but we kind of talked about that and how basic and outdated that is. <laughs> so um, actually, it's just a lot of, um, I'm constantly learning. So I'm always watching videos, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm interacting with people on LinkedIn, um, and just learning as much as I can. And every day there's something new that you can learn, especially with video and marketing. So I am... Um, learning and applying. And that's, you know, my best way of doing it with video. I created my, and I always talk about this when I'm like doing workshops or challenges or anything like that. Um, and the reason why I started doing video marketing is I created my very first video on YouTube. It was back in 2011 and I still have it on there, but it's unlisted. Um, but it was, a video that I can still remember to this day, the amount of time that I put into what I was going to say and perfecting my delivery without, and I wanted to deliver it without sounding perfect. And I wanted to deliver it without looking at a script. Like I wanted to be looking at the camera, but if you look at the video now, it's like, you can tell that the delivery was totally rehearsed. It was memorized. And I'm not even looking at the camera. The background is terrible. It's like there's so many things about this video that was just so wrong <laughs> with today's standards 
that and and just thinking through the emotion of what it took to actually get to that point of like creating that. I mean, it was hours upon hours of creating and redoing and memorizing and trying to get it perfect. And my intention was back then to, you know, continue to create videos for YouTube and start building my channel back then. But going through that experience, it was just awful. Like, I'm like, I don't have this kind of time to create videos for YouTube because back then you didn't have the tools that you have available on your phone or your computer to actually do the editing. So for me, it was just like, I don't want to learn editing, so I need to make this as perfect as possible. So it was just, you know, the anxiety and the stress and the uncertainty of what I was doing and the delivery, it was just not the best approach for, you know, learning how to do videos. So you fast forward over time and I finally was like, hey, this video thing's not going away. You know, it's here to stay and it's really growing. And I started seeing all these people on YouTube have these channels that were just blowing up. And I was like, you know what? This is something that I need to get into because more people are going to want to learn how to do video. And it's something that I know I need to be comfortable in. I need to be confident in doing this because it's a piece of marketing. You know, if you're creating videos, it's it's part of the whole marketing strategy and, and what you're doing with your business. So three years ago, I decided to just make the plan and go 100% all in with video. So I went live on YouTube every week um, for most of a year. And then I was also uploading video, uh, uploading videos that were pre-recorded to YouTube as well. And I just, that was part of my process of just getting comfortable with talking on camera and getting past that whole thing of I'm talking to no one. <laughs> I'm talking to my computer or I'm talking to my phone and just really feeling stupid, you know, throughout the whole process. And I had somebody tell me that recently. They're like, Vicki, I feel so stupid. I'm talking to my my phone. And I'm like, I know, but it's just, it's part of the process. That's what you have to do in order to start to get comfortable with creating videos. So it's, um, it's something that's evolved over time, but I'm completely comfortable and confident on camera now. And I can look at the camera and, you know, I do bullet points instead of writing scripts so I can stay focused. And, you know, that's the same approach that I take when I work with other people too. So I really enjoy it. Fantastic. I think that's the key to everything, isn't it? If you can enjoy it, then it doesn't become a chore. You know, if you can enjoy it, then you don't even have to be, um, what's the word, you know, motivated or what's the word they use? Consistent. I don't know. Yeah. I I do know. I'm struggling for words today. (laughs) (laughs) It's late there for you. It's the end of your day. It's almost 8 p.m. Yeah, I should really be asleep by now. Um, (laughs) What did I want to say? So you started posting weekly in 2011 no in 2019 i started 2019 my first video. it was in 2011 yeah okay because 2011 i'm trying to think when i posted my first video on youtube it might have been like around 2008 it really was hard like i was i think i might have i'll tell you how hard it was i had a pc and so it was sony is it called sony vegas i've heard it, it. um i'm not sure yeah. I think it might have been called Sony Vegas was the editing thing that I used. And for some reason, like my videos all came out like a quarter of the size. So it was like black all the way around and like only a quarter of it had video in the middle. So even getting it to be the right shape was ridiculous. It was the right shape, but it was the wrong size. 
it was yeah. fantastically fantastically difficult um i think i really screwed up you know i made a video in 2014 that's now had on about linkedin profiles now had like 650,000 views or something it was ranking first for li just linkedin for years um but then like you know i kind of went on the missing list and i didn't really bother doing anything else so i feel <laughs> like i feel like that about like what the way i feel about a lot of things is that i should have persisted with that um what did i want to say 2015 i was touring around new zealand i was posting two or three videos a week i feel like yeah. i should have sustained i got distracted by something else What's the point? The point of this... Okay, so you ask me this question. Why is video so important slash useful? It, well, you mean like with business or like why people should be doing this? Yeah, yeah, for business. Let's say for business. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're doing right now, you know, we can see each other and we can hear each other, of course, and then also any type of hand gestures like I'm doing now on purpose. <laughs> um, it just helps people get to know, like, and trust you faster because you can actually deliver a message and you can do it with eye contact because you're looking at your camera, which the person who's viewing it gets the feeling that you're actually making eye contact with them. So it's a quicker way to establish a, not a relationship, but a connection with somebody and when you can do that easier through video than you could audio or, of course, text, then you're going to help that process of helping them get to know, like, and trust you faster so that, you know, they can buy from you, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and video is just an easier way of doing that. You're, you're putting even like people who watch it with captions, they're still getting the full experience and you can actually get somebody's attention longer because they're watching they're yes. listening. So they're using more senses to be involved in the message that you're delivering. So it's just a more comprehensive and a, more, a richer experience for people than, you know, reading a blog post, for example. A hundred percent. So I think that I think you're communicating more of yourself and providing you're not trying to present something that you're not, then you are communicating more than the words you're saying does that make sense like you communicate yeah. something of your personality mm -hmm. yeah I so people so. get to see you they can you know they hear that your voice inflection they can see your facial expressions and i think you can gain a lot from people when you can see more of yes. what the message is not just hear it or not just read it but actually yes. see it yeah and I don't know the percentage, but they say a percentage of communication is body language, don't they? Yeah. What I like actually, to do on attention to that more than what people are saying. It's actually yes. like a ninety ten like split. So it's ten percent of what you're saying, but ninety percent of your body language and how you say it. Yeah. So I think there's actually three. I think it's the actual words, the tone, and then the body language. What I like to do here is make up statistics. So let's <laughs> just say it's like 64% body language, 24% um, tone, and the rest is the actual words. Should we say that? Okay. Yeah, okay. we can say that. <laughs> and anyone who's studying for a degree in marketing, you can write that on your exam papers. I'm sure you'll be fine. Exactly. Just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So it is interesting like that because i think yeah what you're doing is you're actually marketing yourself you're marketing your personality which yeah. i think is really important maybe much more important in 
sales than it is in marketing. But if you've got somebody in your business with personality, then 100% you need to be standing them in front of a camera as often as you possibly can. Because I think this is the easiest way to produce content is to, uh, like with video, because you can stand up a tripod with a camera on it, a phone camera, a microphone, and just start talking. And you are producing content, you know, and if, if you've got someone in your business who is knowledgeable enough to answer like interesting questions, we know where the interesting questions are. You put a question into Google, it will give you all of the variations of that question that people are asking. Then I 100% think this is the easiest way to produce content. And once you've got it like that, then you can make it into audio, you can make it into text, you can make it into clips, you can do whatever you like. The yes. thing is, Vicky O'Neill, is we're going to struggle to disagree, I think, on this subject, because it seems to me so eminently sensible that businesses should be producing video for their marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to talk yeah. about? <laughs> we could talk about why they're not doing it. Why aren't okay. more businesses doing it? Let's do that. But let's also, just before we do that, that light's too bright because it's making me look like I've got ghost hands. Um, before I'll keep my hands back. Before we do that, can I give you a for instance of just how valuable video can be? Of course, yes. Okay, so when I started my business, 2005, I don't know why, but I decided I was going to get video testimonials from my customers. So if they ever even gave me half a suggestion, like we were doing a, a good job, then my video phone, you can imagine what that looked like in 2005, 2006, <laughs> came out and I had a little tripod that I could stand it on and I would make them say nice things to my camera. And it got to the point where I had dozens and dozens and dozens of these things. It got to the point where, where my wife said, I've got so many of these testimonials on my website, it made me look desperate, which might be part of the reason that I'm no longer married. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing is, here's what I think about that, is if you don't get your customers to tell you that you're doing a good job, it may never occur to them that you're doing a good job. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's power in having your customers think about why did I get Martin involved? You know, what is he doing for us? You know, what is the best thing about that? Like, what could be better about it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Would I recommend his services? You know, so I literally had these four or five questions. Um, and I would ask people and, you know, I think the testimonials were fantastic. Like the production value was appalling, you know, because it was 2006. I was videoing them on cameras. It went on for like five years. Where this got really cool is um, one day a friend of mine was running an exhibition and he phoned me up and he's like, I've got a spare stand. Do you want it? It was the next day. <laughs> and it's like, I know sure. this might come as a surprise to you, but I've actually got plans for tomorrow, you know, weirdly, <laughs> on a business day. I've got plans for tomorrow. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but he said, look, it's free. Take it. Like, do something with it. Or don't, he said. Do you know what I mean? It'll just be there. So what we did is we rolled up and we put a screen, a computer screen on the table, and we just played these videos on loop all day. Like, we weren't there. And we put a vase there and we just said, like, um, how many times, my business is the effective marketing company, how many times do people use the word effective when they're talking about the services we provide? And we just left that little sign there, computer screen, it might have been a laptop, computer screen, vase. We came back, I came back, it's like seven o'clock the next day. The table is overflowing with business cards. It's insane. <laughs> and people were saying, like they were packing up, they're like, you probably had the busiest stand here. It's insane, like people standing there 
like these clips were probably two, three minutes long each, but there were dozens of them. So it might have been like an hour and 45 minutes of actual video that was playing on loop. Um, so we had all these business cards. And then what happened is we thought, well, how were we going to present this? So someone went through all these videos and they took out every phrase that had the customers used the words effective when they're talking about us. So someone said, effective marketing company, certainly been effective for us. And someone else said, if you want to get effective with your marketing, you need to speak to Mark. Do you know what I mean? So we had, then we had like a minute and a half long video, basically of our customers going, effective marketing, effective marketing. Oh, they're effective. The most effective. Do you know what I mean? Like this, it was really cool. What am I trying to say? There, there's value in just collecting this stuff. You know, you end up with something worthwhile. Um, and I think that's the beauty of video. Sorry, I'm speaking too much, but this is the other thing I want to say. Because in each of those videos, they communicated our value proposition in a way that we couldn't even possibly imagine. Do you know what I mean? Because they were actually on the receiving end of our value proposition. Um, but they were also communicating who they were, what their business challenges were, you know, how we overcame those. You know, so it's not like the washing powder thing where they pay someone to open the door and go, oh, I really like this washing powder. This was people actually saying, this is, this is why. You know, this is the point I got to in my business where I realized I had to bring in someone in to, in to help me. And this is what they've done and this is why it's useful. I'm talking too much. Video is amazing. Yeah. If you're not using video in your business, you must be on you drugs. Need to change that. <laughs> you need to change that, 100%. <laughs> okay, so that brings, us, <laughs> that brings us to the really useful question that you suggested which is why don't people use video in their business? Yeah. First, I want to applaud you on doing video testimonials so long ago and having a camera that you could actually capture those because there's probably not too many people, myself included, that were doing that back then. So that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so why aren't people doing it? So there's obviously various reasons, but it comes down to one thing as to why people are not doing it is fear of being on camera or fear of what people are going to think of them. Those are the two biggest reasons why they don't get started. And that's why they're not doing it. Have you heard that at all from people? I have heard that from people. What do I think about that? I think culturally there's a difference between where I'm from and where you are because it seems from my perspective, I don't know if this is true, that British people are very reserved. So in the UK, it's really not cool to be seen to be trying. So like, and it's really not that cool to be successful. Do you know what I mean? People think you're a bit of a dick if you're successful. Really? It, I think so, yeah. I didn't know but that. the very worst is, the very worst is if you are successful... And you are seen to be trying. Do you know what I mean? It's all supposed to happen magically with no effort having gone on. Whereas my perception of what goes on where you are in the States is that people will be on the rooftop shouting about how amazing they are, even if they're not. And they can't yeah. all be that amazing, you know. So yeah. that seems to be the cultural difference. So the first thing, fear of being on camera. I really find it hard to empathize with that. Because aren't we on camera all day, every day? Isn't someone pointing a video at you? And do you know, like now in 2022, it's not like it's 1987 
And if you're mm -hmm. on camera, it's going to be broadcast to the nation. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. not the situation anymore. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, but I suppose it tallies into this public speaking thing where people would rather die than, than stand up in front of people and speak. Although I don't yeah. think that's been challenged seriously enough. I'd like to yeah. find someone who says that and say, look, if you don't stand up and speak to this group of people, I am going to murder you. <laughs> See what they do. <laughs> See what people do. Like, go ahead. I can't do I it. I think they'll get up and talk to people. I think that's what they'll do. Um, so I think it ties into that. Does it tie into that? Yeah, I think so. People are just, um, and it's either the fear. Um, and, and again, I don't know why people don't with so many people being on Zoom and, you know, on camera all the time. I think after that, it's probably just not having a plan, not knowing what to say. Yep. But if people stop to think about it and actually created a plan, then it would make it a little bit easier to be like, all right, I got to do this. Yes. But it takes time. And we live in an environment today of we always got to be doing something, right? And if you have to stop and make a plan, that means that you're going to have to focus and you're going to have to take a bigger chunk of time to actually create something, you know, of value. And I think that's what kind of takes people off track where they're like, yeah, I don't want to invest time like that. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think you that that might that? be part of it too, like what you've been in seeing or experiencing versus the fear on camera? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you what occurs to me is that if people are really saying they don't have the time, I'm with you 100%. You should formulate a plan. Like, so there's a plan here. There's only five questions. We're going to have a conversation, but there's five questions, you know. Um, there's a plan to my what the series where I'm, although it is, you know, it does take quite a lot of work. I've got to make it less work. That's the wrong one. Um, and so they don't get produced as often as I'd like. I'd like to produce one once a week. Um, I don't buy it. Yeah, I, I tell you what I think is, I don't think that's a, I don't like being on camera is not a good response to, I don't have the time to do this properly. Um, and I think, I just think people are busy fools. They're too busy failing to do the things that will make them successful a lot of the time. So that lends itself more to that situation than a, I'm scared to be on camera situation because I don't buy it. I don't buy yeah. it. I've had Give me another reason why people don't do it. Let's see if you can <laughs> convince me if there's a good reason for people not to do it. <laughs> um, I think it's, um, when they see videos, especially if you get on TikTok and people are yep. you know, being entertaining and they're not just educating or just sharing information, then yep. I think people also are like, they're comparing themselves to others. And they're saying, oh, you know, Martin's doing such great things with his video and he got what, 650,000 views on it. I can't possibly, you know, compare to that. So I'm not going to do it. So I yep, think people not good get enough. caught up in the comparisonitis of it not good and enough. then that keeps them from doing it too yeah not a good Would enough reason to not one? produce videos no nope. <laughs> they don't know how to edit that's another one mm, no nope, not nope. good enough you can get an editor on fiverr he'll do it for you for you whatever. can do it on your phone you know you can <laughs> do, you can edit on your phone yeah it, on your phone. <laughs> in all seriousness you could learn to edit in about half an hour you could you could okay good have you got another reason i'm enjoying this game <laughs> Um, no, I think those it covers all of the hardest parts of 
why people don't do it. And again, if you look at all those pieces, it requires time. It all comes down to they just don't want to invest the time in actually doing it. Yes, 100%. And and I think what this ties into is this marketing thing. They don't want to be marketing for some weird reason. Like for me, marketing and then sales is how you get to be successful. So I think it's it's tied into that. So... (laughs) I'm not saying I don't believe you that people aren't coming up with these reasons for not doing it, but none of them are good enough reasons. So there's a guy in the UK, I think he's called, no, I know what he's called. He's called Mr. Who's the Boss. And he's like a tech reviewer. And he's a whale. He's enormous. Like his videos are getting, every video is getting millions of views. He might have 5 million subscribers. And he's been on it for like the seven or eight years that you need to, to have got to that position. Um, But famously, or not famously, he didn't appear in a video for like the first year. So the truth is, you don't need to appear in a video. Um, Like You could either put slides up on the screen, or there's animation services that cost like $5 a month um, that you can use. So you can be producing video content really, really simply that doesn't involve you being on the screen. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree. We can come up with all kinds of reasons why people should be doing it. Even if you don't, like you said, even if you don't want to be on camera. Okay, well, we don't even have to come up with lots of reasons. Let's just imagine that YouTube is the second most popular search engine on the planet. Let's just imagine that YouTube is go. It was where people go when they're considering buying things. You know, like if I'm going to buy something, I will 100% watch 150 videos to make sure that the thing I'm buying does the thing I want it to do, the thing I need it to do, you know, that it's better, whatever the trade-off is, all of that stuff. So this is people who are already on a buying journey. Do you know what I mean? They've decided, they know they've got a problem and now they're deciding how they're going to fix it. And if they're not going to find you there, they'll find your competition there. So let's imagine that, like I say, video is the most effective way to produce content. Because all you have to do, literally all you have to do is stand up a camera on a microphone, uh, with a microphone on a tripod, and you are producing content. Mm -hmm. So there's three really good reasons for doing it. Yeah. Three really good reasons. And then you can take that, like you said earlier, too, in the conversation is that you can then take that video and you can create all kinds of content. So not just strip out the audio for a podcast episode. Yes. or get the script for a blog post, but now you've got video clips that you can post on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube Shorts, and you can create images with quotes, and you can create all different types of content with one video, which is why I start saying that that's what I'm focusing on is start with video first for your content. Yes. Invest your 100%. time in creating a video, and then your yes. content, your marketing can be taken care of by somebody else so that you're not spending your time on your marketing. All you have to do is create your video and then let somebody on my team actually do all this other stuff for you. We give it back to you and say, here's what you can post as your messaging. And then all you have to do is post it. Yes. We make it easy. Yeah. Why not? Right. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm coming up with reasons why you shouldn't do it. The only valid reasons I can think of for not doing it, if there is absolutely no audience whatsoever for the product or service you are selling like so if nobody ever asked a question about the product or service that you are selling then 100 percent you don't need to produce videos 
I can't imagine there's an industry or a business in the world where nobody's had a question to ask. Okay, so that, but that would be valid. If there's no search, if no one's looking for the product or service, you need to question why you're in business in the first place because <laughs> that's not sustainable. <laughs> exactly. The second reason is if you are literally not interested in having any more customers. Okay, so if you are six months away from retirement and you don't want to entertain another customer ever again, then that's fine. Or maybe your marketing is working well enough without it. That might be a good reason. The third reason is if you are so unpresentable, <laughs> if you are so <laughs> devoid of personality that it would be a detriment to your business that you produce a video about it, that would be a good reason for, for not producing video. But honestly, I don't, I don't, you know, people should do it. You can, mm -hmm. you can hire an actor to come and say the stuff. It's not my recommendation, but you can if you had to. You yeah. can now get AI models, have you seen this, who will perform your script on a video. Yeah. It's scary. Think, yeah. It is a little bit scary, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I you could, like you said, you can always get those animated videos too. So if you don't want to be on yeah. camera and it's not even your voice, you just tell them, you give them the script and, you know, pick out. You can do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. There's programs. 100%. You can create those yourself. Yeah. The thing is, I think video is where you go when you're looking to buy. Like when you've decided you want to buy something, I think it's where the consideration part of like the buyer journey goes on. You know, mm -hmm. I've decided I've got this problem and now I'm researching and I've decided I'm going to spend money on fixing this problem. Now I'm researching mm -hmm. what the might opt, what the might, uh, the best option might be for me. That's what I think. Yeah. And actually people, it's like 88% of people who watch a video of a product or service end up buying it. So if wow. they're like, you know, they're in that buying journey and then they're like doing their research and trying to figure out if they want to do it, watching the video has been the tipping point. Yes. A hundred percent. So just think if you don't have a video, but your competitor does, then yep. you just lost a customer because you didn't have a video. Yeah. And because you're not serving your customer on that, I would say advanced stage of their buying journey. You know, if you're not mm -hmm. interested to do that, then I think that's insane. Yeah. Exactly. There's all different points throughout the customer journey too that you can create the videos. Um, actually, my podcast episode that I published this week, um, it was like five different videos that kind of walk you through the no like, trust, buy, and then retain. Actually, it yep. wasn't retain, it was handling objections because that's more okay. common. If you do all the other things right, then your chances of retaining the customer are a lot higher. So yes. put a handling objections in there. Um, so videos for each one of those stages and, you know, it, it's something to help out, you know, create the message, the CTA, help connect the dots between each of those videos and the messaging and help them, you know, go through the path yes. to buy from you. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so what did I want to say about that? What's also valid, I think, is that people, if people say, I don't know what I would talk about, you know, if they don't know actually how to present their business then maybe mm -hmm. that's valid maybe at that point they shouldn't be producing videos but it's not insurmountable and and i think this is interesting because i think this justifies my existence and people like yours existence is because i think businesses need agency to help them with that i think they need people to come from outside and look at their business and say this is what makes it valuable you know this is what's yeah. interesting about your business and the thing is now with the digital marketing tools, you know, we can see what questions people are asking. So they should be answering them. Okay. Yeah. I think we're getting to question number two. Do you want some good news? 
Yes, I'm always up for good news. Okay, so the good news is I think you are perfectly well qualified to talk to us about video marketing. So you've passed hurdle number one. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to hurdle, hurdle, uh, hurdle number two. Oh, um, hurdle number two. Um, who do you work with? How do you add value to their lives? I work with entrepreneurs and small businesses, and I add value to their lives with helping them with a video strategy and help them be more confident and comfortable on camera, creating a plan and helping incorporate it into their existing. <laughs> She's always <laughs> got to make her appearance. Um, yeah. And, uh, helping them incorporate video into their existing marketing strategy. So it's not something that needs to be, um, you know, like completely separate, but helping them understand that video can actually be a part of what you're already doing and it fits in with any type of business. So it's yes. you know, like you had mentioned earlier, it's that outside perspective coming in and helping them see the value that video can bring to their business. And then obviously how it's going to help them with their marketing and their content as well. Save them time and save them money. A hundred percent, yes. So, what does a video marketing strategy looks look like? What are what are the what does that involve? Coming up with a video marketing strategy. Yeah, so it involves actually understanding. They have to know who their ideal customers are. You know, that's like number one in anything we do, whether it's video or you know, which platform you're going to be on. Um, and then understanding what their goals are. So, what company goals are they trying to reach? And then also marketing goals. And then creating different types of videos, kind of like what I was saying, like the different videos in the customer journey and just understanding what their customer's journey is and identifying different touch points in that journey that we need to create a video for. What does that video look like? Is it a brand awareness type video? Is it a um, webinar or some type of product demo? Is it a testimonial? Like what are the different types of videos that we need to create? And then most importantly, where are your customers spending time? Because if you're going to create a video for LinkedIn, it's going to be a completely different type of video than if you're going to create it for TikTok. Now you can use them on each of the platforms, but knowing where you're actually going to place the video on multiple platforms is going to be really important as to the type of content and how you deliver it as well. So we walk through that process. Excellent. And in your experience, what style of business or what type of business or what industries do better from video marketing? Um, do better. I don't know that, there, that there's any that actually do better, um, at least with me and B2B. If you look at B2C type companies, I think those are the ones that actually do better with video because they're going directly to consumer. And as we're always consumers, even if we're business owners, we're, we're always consuming something. So I think those types of videos are typically easier um, and more accepted on all the platforms. But from like a B2B perspective, I think if you can incorporate um, edutainment, I want to say edutainment, so it's education and entertainment, even taking like a quirky perspective on marketing that might be something, you know, antiquated. So like the internet marketing manager job, is there a way I can bring that into a script that might get somebody's attention, get them to kind of chuckle or laugh or be like, what? You know, and, and kind of get their attention that way. Um, you can actually incorporate humor and, you know, different perspectives into it that can actually get people's interest and then keep it longer as well in the videos. 
Yeah, so I think that's the key, isn't it? It's this edutainment kind of thing is where we've got to. What do we say? Yeah. We want to produce videos that entertain, motivate, uh, educate, entertain, and motivate. That's what we want to do. Yeah. So I think if you want to do... Well, I think, I think, it, you know, where you are will inform your tone. You know, if you are producing medical equipment, then mm -hmm. clearly you don't need to be producing videos for TikTok and jumping up and down and dancing and things like that. So I think maybe the more technical and serious it gets, <laughs> the more technical and serious the tone of your videos needs to be. Um mm -hmm. But I don't think people quite understand that people are searching for everything, you know, like they're searching for everything, you know, so. Yeah. I think it's important for people to know, too, like this is why it's so important to know who your ideal customers are. So if you're targeting uh, Gen Z's, then you can't rule out TikTok because that's where most of them are spending time. Now, you don't have to dance and sing while you're on the platform. But if that's where they're at, they're actually using TikTok as a search engine. Yeah. Now, is the accuracy of the information they're getting in their search results just like what you would see in Google? No. But the key point there is to see that they're actually using the platform as their number one go-to search engine. So if that's your target audience, even if you're a medical sales person, um, if you're wanting to um, recruit you know, employees for your company, then your videos are going to be completely different than if you're doing like product demos or trying to sell them to different hospitals or doctors. But you might want to have some of those videos be on TikTok because that's where maybe your Gen Z employees are spending time. They don't have to be funny. They don't have to be entertaining um, because that type of environment may not be. So yeah. it's just understanding them. Um, and you don't have to, you know, you can put serious type videos on TikTok. They don't have to always get people to laugh or want to pick up on a dance trend. Um, but getting their attention is obviously key. And right now, I know a lot of people still kind of rule out TikTok because they're just like, ah, it's just dancing and singing. But we're in the heart of TikTok right now. And there's like a According to Gary Vaynerchuk, this, these are not my words, according to him, if you know anyone likes him as a visionary. Um, you know, we're within a 24 month window of TikTok like blowing up. So if you're not on TikTok and you're you just keep rolling it out, and you're like, I'll wait and see what happens. If you wait too long, then you might miss out on the opportunities. So growth is happening there now. But if your audience isn't there and they're only on YouTube, then spend all your time on YouTube. Yeah. You just yeah. Can I just say that Gary Vaynerchuk <laughs> is my enemy? He doesn't know I exist. <laughs> I wish I would have known that before I mentioned his name. Why is he <laughs> your enemy? Fine. Oh, just because I think he benefits from the Kardashian effect. Like, because he's famous, he's successful. Do you know what I mean? That's how I feel about it. And mm -hmm. so much of what he says is just complete junk. I'm not saying everything, but so much of what he says is complete junk. And I think he makes it difficult for small businesses to be successful with some of the, the junk that he says. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, so that's why he's my enemy. He doesn't even know I exist. That's, that's why. Um, and I don't know when he said that, but I would say, I, I, I don't know if it's peaked already, but people I'm talking to are saying TikTok is the hottest, you know, really is mm -hmm. the place that you have to be. And it doesn't really matter what you are selling because actually 
the whole world is there already. You know, every demographic is there already. And mm -hmm. the um, algorithm is actually working really effectively. So if you're interested in this types of content, then they will keep feeding you those types of content, you know. So that's yeah. what I'm hearing. And I believe it. And I also think the other thing I think about this is you kind of have to be riding at the top of the curve, you know. So I think you also get good value out of Instagram Reels right now and YouTube mm -hmm. Shorts and Facebook Stories mm -hmm. because they're all chasing TikTok. They all want the same thing. So if you're providing the content that they want, these search, um, these social media search mm -hmm. engine type people, then I think that's where you get the best value. Yeah. And we're exactly. almost there. We're almost there. We made our first clip today, you know, so it's a bit of nice. a mission. Every, every one of these hour and 15 minute conversations has like 25 or 30 clips in it. Um, nice. So we literally, we haven't quite, we will have completed our first clip tomorrow and it's templated. So then we just go into, um, into manufacturing. So come back in two months time. I'll let you know if there are people in TikTok who are interested in hearing people <laughs> talk about What's your handle? I'll go follow you. It will be, I don't even know if we have an account on TikTok yet. It will be effective okay. marketing. It'll be effective MKTG, I think is what it will be. Okay. Um, yeah. What did I want to say I'll about all you. of that? I'm sorry? I'll follow you. Please do. Well, what I'll do is I'll send you a link as soon as I know what it actually is, because I, I don't know okay. if we've even got an account yet, but we'll have a clip tomorrow. And then we've got 80 odd of these recorded. There's 23 of the, the what the series there's 16, 17 of the marketing re um, reaction videos already. So there's going to be mm -hmm. a tsunami of content that will go out as clips as soon as we've got this templated and formulated. Nice. And I that's think awesome. that's the, uh, yeah, I think that's the important thing about knowing. Well, I think the thing about knowing what to say is nobody really knows what to say. So if you are in your business and you really don't know what to say, then I think you should get some help from a marketing type person. Um, because then once you do know what to say, this is, and, and once you get used to it, you know, talking to a camera, then, you know, this is insanely, insanely good. Is yeah. there an instance where something you did just had a massive effect, maybe that you weren't expecting? Or maybe you can just brag. What's the what's the most effective thing that you've done for a client? Um, most effective thing that I've done? Um, trying to think probably help them create like one video outside of any of the platforms and then share that show them how that they can use that one video across multiple platforms so a lot yes. of people will focus on just tiktok or just instagram or just youtube which it could be good to just put all your eggs in one basket at the beginning so that you can figure out how to use the tools kind of figure out the algorithm on that platform um but there's so many people who aren't on just one platform you know, as a consumer, they're on different places. Like you mentioned, if you, you're getting ready to buy, you're going to go to YouTube so you can watch some videos. But that may not have been where you started. You may have done a Google search or you may have been on Facebook and you saw somebody talking about something. Um, so those are different platforms right there. And um, understanding that you can create one video outside of a platform and then uploading it to each one separately and using some of the tools within each of the platforms is actually better than creating it on Instagram, downloading it, stripping off the logo, and then uploading it to TikTok and uploading it to YouTube. Yeah. So there's different strategies and because the algorithms are changing, changing so frequently, 
Um, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the algorithms. I just, there's different people I watch on each of the platforms to just kind of stay on top of what's going on um, and then just trying different things. So I think having that insight and simplifying the process as much as possible, but yet getting the biggest reach that they possibly can is, is probably what has been the most effective for them in working with me. Fantastic. I'm sorry I asked that question. I'm embarrassed that I asked Why? that question. Because Why? do you know what? It, like, I sound like Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, what's the most, do you know what I mean? Oh. What's the one thing? <laughs> All this, there's a secret business just actually really frazzles my mind. What works is exactly what you've described is consistently um, and measurably being more effective. Slowly, slowly, catchy monkey, that's what works. There is no, there is no, magic bullet golden nugget any of these things it's just do the yeah. work consistently and you will yeah. get to be more effective i think is the answer okay good so i'm sorry i asked that question i've never asked that question before and i will never answer that, ask that question again. i'm perfectly fine with it i i'm I, not I, i'm embarrassed to my call <laughs> i'm not used good. to you saying stuff about myself i'm just like oh so and so did a great job so and so did a great job <laughs> <laughs> good okay excellent Right, so can you, because this will go on TikTok, because we're so close to putting these clips on TikTok, so it needs to be like a minute or two long. Give us your very best recommendation for anyone who is looking to get started with video marketing or looking uh, to get better at video marketing. So yeah, the first thing I always recommend that people do before even reaching out to somebody like myself to get help with video marketing is to just start picking up their phone and just start pressing record. It's the best thing that they can do because it'll get them comfortable with being on camera. Now, the thing is that they don't have to post it. You record it, you delete it, nobody ever has to see it. You just need to be comfortable on camera first before you'll actually want to start posting anything. So that would be my first recommendation. And then the second recommendation is to make a list of like your top three to five frequently asked questions that your clients ask of you, and then start identifying how you respond to those questions, because then you can use those pieces of content to actually create your videos. They can be short form videos that you post on TikTok or Instagram, or they could be longer form content that you post on YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook. So, and you can actually do both, right? So you can create a short form video that says, here's the most frequently asked questions, here's how I answer it. And then you can actually link to, if it's on YouTube, go to a full YouTube video that actually talks about each one of those in greater detail. So it's, it's a matter of just understanding that you need to get on camera, start being comfortable with it. The only way that you can make that happen is to practice, 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 have a plan, execute on it, and then just monitor your results to see what's working and what's not working. Great recommendations. Thank you very much. I might have, I was thinking about starting a clock, but I didn't, I think it was less than a minute, which is perfect. Okay. Good. Um, what did I want to say? I wanted to say, I like that idea of evolving content. And the other thing that I'm really interested in at the moment is this idea of journaling, like where, and note taking, where you actually start, instead of trying to remember things, you actually just start recording them. So I think that might be a good way to start. It's like whether you come across a piece of content or an idea and you just video record it and then have something mm -hmm. to refer back to. I think that's right. I think 
Yeah, I think you. I think people should just get over themselves and start. Do you know, what I mean, even if they've got no intention yeah. of publishing it, they should just start because. Mm -hmm. Here's what I used to say to people: is if you had twenty seconds during the break of the Super Bowl, would you put up a piece of text, or an image, or would you put up a video? And of course, you would put up a video. Of course, you would. Mm -hmm. So, video has to be better than all those things. Yeah. Okay. Good. We've made it to question number four. Yay! <laughs> so question number four is, what should people read or what content should people consume? So I am, I'm not a real big book reader, but I am a fan of watching videos to learn or listening to a podcast to learn. Your podcast is a great one to learn about marketing. <laughs> Okay. Um, and then if you want to learn about video on the different platforms, there are different people on each one that I always recommend that people follow. So you're going to have somebody different on YouTube versus on TikTok versus Instagram or versus LinkedIn. All of them have different gurus. Jillian is the guru I always recommend for LinkedIn because she makes LinkedIn video easy peasy. <laughs> Yes. So, um, yeah, that, that would be my recommendation is to figure out which platform you want to start creating videos for. And then you can just either search for different people or like reels on Instagram. If you just go to the reels button and start watching videos, then you'll start to see there's so many different people on Instagram that are like Instagram coaches yep. that have phenomenal reels. They share a lot of tips. They have a lot of like how-to videos as well that you don't even have to attend like a workshop or anything. You can just go through their feed, see all the different types of videos, how they do it, hacks on how to do it. So everything that you need is actually on each of the platforms. You just have to invest the time to search and find those individuals and watch their videos to learn how to do it. But for me, especially with video, like reading a book about video just seems counterintuitive to me. Um, so watching videos is probably the best thing to do. Fantastic. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay. So I need to check in and just see how you feel about your experience of having appeared on the Talk Marketing Show. It's been phenomenal. You're a great host. You ask great questions and you keep it conversational, which I love. I don't feel like Fantastic. I'm, you know, having questions just being darted at me. It's been very <laughs> conversational. <laughs> so thank you. Okay. You are very welcome. Um, except, of course, that um, having established that you've had a great time, um, it will be much easier then for you to throw a couple of people under the bus who you think might also... <laughs> Um, take some enjoyment or at least endure having a conversation like this with me. Do you have some people in mind? Yeah, I actually do. I think one person that would be a really good fit for your podcast is Krista Molion. So M-O-L-L-I-O-N. I-L-L-I-N-I-O-N. -I -I uh, yeah, so Krista's with a K and then Molion is M-O-L-L-I-O-N. So it's like million with an O instead of the first I. Yes. Mollian. Krista exactly. Mollian. Fantastic. What yeah. does Krista talk about that our audience would be interested in? Um, she helps entrepreneurs uh, get started with their business and then help them scale it as well. So she's a business growth coach. 
Um, and she's actually started two successful companies that were seven figures and she's on her third company now. So she does all of that through like marketing, of course, and helping entrepreneurs or new business owners like create their offers and their pricing that will help set them up for longer term success. Fantastic. She's really good. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. I do have a second person that I think that you would really enjoy as well as um, your audience. And it's um, Chris Walker. Excellent. He is with, um, he's the guy who will actually have like dispel myths about marketing and what marketers should really be focused on. And it's not the metrics. He's just, he's a, um, what is it? Oh, it's demand. Is it demand gen marketing? I think that's his podcast demand gen. Uh, yeah, but I can send you a link to him and he's just, he's one of the people I always refer people to on LinkedIn. I'm like, if you want to learn about marketing like today and not your typical, you know, four P's and all that crap marketing, yeah. <laughs> he's the person that you want to be following. Like he's very smart, very intuitive, and he does his entire business with three people. It's crazy amazing. Fantastic. Excellent. And are these people that you could introduce me to in the way that Jillian introduced me to you? I could introduce you that way to Krista. I could try with Chris, but it's been a while since I've actually had a conversation with him, but I could, I could okay. try. Okay, yeah. super cool. If you could try, that would be the very best. That would yeah. be the very best. Be happy to. Fantastic. Is there anything that you said that you feel you shouldn't have said? No. There's probably no. more I could have said about your, your podcast and just this conversation. Okay. Um, is, yeah, that was the, the next question. Is there anything that you wish you had said that you haven't said? No, I just, I think this was a great experience and I want to thank you for that. It's uh, this, how long have we been going for like an hour and a half? It went by really fast. Yeah, good. It really does. I'm going to be devastated that one time somebody says this was torture. It felt like forever. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt you'll have anybody say that. <laughs> I hope not as Make well. it fun too. Okay, I'll try. Well, I try to have fun. I think it's fun to have these conversations. This is what I think people should know about marketing is that actually it's just a lot of fun. It's an opportunity to play with your business, you know, and do the thing that you really need to do, which is make your business available to people so they can spend money with you. So exactly. you can be richer, have a nicer house, nicer car, nicer holidays, better retirement, all of yes. that stuff. All the above. <laughs> Good. Excellent. So what we'll do now then is we'll say goodbye for the sake of anyone who's still listening. And then I'll stop recording and we can say goodbye like normal human beings. Sounds good. <laughs> um, I have had such a wonderful time. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting. I don't think people can know enough about how easy and useful video marketing is. I think they just need to get it. They need to get into the habit of doing it. And they should probably contact you and get you to support them to do that because that's bound to save them lots of time and energy. I have had a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much, Martin. I appreciate that. And thanks for your kind words too about people reaching out to me. I would 100% agree with that. I would 100% agree with that still. I'm glad I said that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.